0: Hello and welcome to another edition. It's coach Mark Manila here from eslbusinessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. I am here to help you get the best possible life and chance you can. And today I want to speak specifically about my lovely students from all of the Arabic speaking countries. So um, I am getting an increasing amount of contact and inquiries from students in Qatar, Oman, Saudi Arabia, Dubai. All of these regions, um, Egypt, you name it, you seem to be picking up this podcast, so it's lovely to have you all listening. And some of the questions I'm being asked are quite specific, um, and uh, I've been asked to speak about what I'm finding are the most common pronunciation problems that Arabic speakers have when speaking English, and uh, perhaps some thoughts as to how that could be tackled. So um, if this is something that is distressing you, then listen up, okay. Now, um, most of my coaching with my students who are from Arabic-speaking countries does focus very heavily um, on speech patterns because intonation is totally different because obviously Arabic is very different to the English language. Totally alien, I would say. There is no sort of crossover, whereas if we look at languages such as the the Romance languages such as Italian and French and Spanish, you know, there are some similarities, particularly in French, between English. Um, So it's not as big a jump for those speakers to really pick up English, but I, I have the utmost respect for all of my students who are coming from countries like China, for example, and of course the Arabic-speaking countries where it's just a totally, absolutely a different language in a different world. We also need to speak about the cultural differences too. So um, my coaching specifically for uh, my students in the United Arab Emirates and the surrounding regions focuses very heavily on several factors. One is the pronunciation, okay? Two is the actual intonation, your speech pattern and modulation. So, how you are delivering your words. Because some of the challenge can be, particularly in business, that, um, and it's not meant on purpose, clearly, but unfortunately, because of the way that Arabic does sound, when you have speakers uh, like yourselves who are from these countries, when you speak English, it can come across as very direct and harsh and to the other native listener and there can be misunderstandings it can lead to all sorts of uh, very um, unfortunate situations and in business clearly we don't want to be doing anything that would cause a bad rapport or bad situation particularly when it's not intended so i work heavily heavily there on trying to help um, you if you are you know doing business you want to do commercial transactions perhaps you have to do negotiations presentations or sales and marketing you know that's very important too um you if you're doing sales then it's important that you build a nice customer rapport and that can be very challenging if your patterns of speech are making you sound like you're interrogating people or being quite abrupt so if this sounds like you i can absolutely help you Um, You can try a free 30-minute session with me. Just go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com or indeed initial-impact.com. Both of those sites lead you through to a 30-minute clicking link on there Um, and you can have a session with me. Uh, I will very quickly be able to tell you what I feel is going on for you and if you've got any concerns about how you smooth the way that you sound, I am here to assist you so that you sound as natural and as native as you possibly can. And the other aspect that I work on is the cultural differences as well. This is probably a big part of it too, because whilst you may have fantastic grammar, great vocabulary, you might have even worked very hard on the pronunciation, but there is such a big cultural difference and gap between some of these countries that I work with and say the West or even, you know, over right across if we go to Australia, um, New Zealand, for example, any of the countries there, then it can take a big, big effort to transcend that that big gap, okay, and that's a lovely word, transcend, to basically move beyond it. So let's go into a little bit more firstly on the pronunciation today. So clearly Arabic is spoken in many countries, and there's a wide variety of dialects, just like there are with English, okay, even in England alone, or Great Britain and the UK, so many different dialects and local local accents. So there's just four in Saudi Arabia alone, okay, Um, and then we look, Okay, at the pronunciation with English and it becomes very clear how it can give you stumbling blocks. And um, to be honest, it can trip up every Arabic speaker who's speaking English as a a second language. So for me, the top pronunciation problems I always deal with when you first come to me are the B and the P sounds, so B for Bertie, P for Papa, and the F and the V sounds, okay, so F for face and V for Victor. Um, It's similar really also with my Turkish students as well. There are similarities between the language and pronouncing silent letters is also a problem. Adding vowel sounds to words is another challenge. And as I said earlier, proper intonation and word stress where you should place it. So let's talk about the BP and F and V sounds first. Clearly, if you're from any of these Arabic speaking countries, you will well know there is no P sound, P for papa. In Arabic okay so um, Arab ESL students often substitute that with a B sound okay so parking becomes barking now you can understand why this could be a problem because barking as we all know or should know means what a dog does so if you're looking for the barking you, it's going to be very confusing right people would understand after a while in context but alone it can cause some some very strange words coming out right okay pepper as in salt and pepper, becomes beba, Okay, Now, beba is not really something that is a proper word, right? So it can't be misunderstood for anything else. But it still is a little bit unfortunate. And it's not something you want to be having happen. Say, if you go to a restaurant and you're out there with international colleagues and you're asking to pass the salt and pepper, and it's asked to pass the salt and beba, Okay, There is also no V sound in Arabic. Okay, so you often end up using an F sound, which we have to work very hard on. So voice becomes voice, and very becomes ferry. Now, again, that could be very confusing because, no pun intended, ferry means a type of sea vessel, a type of craft, a bit like a cross between a ship and a boat. To cross you across a small stretch of water to take the ferry across the channel to so France, for example. So, this could be very unfortunate. Okay, ferry instead of very is a problem. So, practice voicing the consonants individually. Okay, that's what's a key thing for you to think about here to tackle this and side by side to tune into the subtle differences. So, for example, the P sound, the pup sound okay requires you to blow a puff of air out with some force so i often in my coaching sessions when this is a problem have my students hold a piece of paper in front of their lips and um, it will move when you pronounce the letter correctly If it's not moving you're not puffing enough okay the b sound for bravo or bertie okay doesn't require the same explosion of air so you can see how you would notice the difference if you're using b still that paper's not going to move but if you're doing it right the pup sound will move that piece of paper f and v sounds are more similar but again you can feel the difference in pronunciation mechanics when you place your hand on your throat so we often sit there together in our sessions in zoom and we have our hands on our throat okay Um, and we want you to really exaggerate the sound of the consonants in the words so fan and okay so fan to blow the air and van to drive around it's a bit like a, in between a car and a truck okay the v in the word van will vibrate your throat okay so if you if you do that now if it's possible wherever you're listening to this podcast right and if you're in the middle of a crowded train well it doesn't matter just do it anywhere right they'll just they'll, they'll ask you what you're doing and you can tell you're listening to coach mark in manila okay <laughs> please feel free to spread the word about these podcasts if they're helping you so the v in van will vibrate v- you can feel it now, and uh, huh, not as much, right? Okay, so you, you can feel that difference. So you'll know when you're getting it right. So if you can't practice with a coach or with other people, this is another technique you can use on your own to be sure that you're probably getting the technique right. Let's now talk about the pronunciation of silent letters. okay? It, it is a big one. Um, Arabic spelling is pretty much phonetic, all right? The letters stand in for their sound. So again, if you're from any of these countries, from the United Arab Emirates or, you know, other countries, Egypt, etc. Look, you're going to find that you will accidentally try to use the same pronounci- pronunciation rules when speaking English. Okay. So if you look at the, the word foreign, okay, so foreign, okay, we often find that, that you're pronouncing this as foreign, foreign. okay, you're pronouncing every single letter there. Sign is another one, S-I-G-N, becomes sig Okay, so we've got to work on those ones. Now, clearly not everybody is doing this. Um, many of my, my speakers from, say, Dubai and Saudi, Qatar, Oman, etc., Egypt, have gone past this level. But again, it can happen at any level. And it shouldn't be something you feel embarrassed about. You absolutely want to work with a pronunciation coach like myself who could quickly tune you into the mechanics of your mouth and how this works and you can really sort this out and then it won't become a problem anymore in the future for you when you're speaking. And you will have the confidence there. I really want to stress how confidence is the key, the foundation um, before anything else can take place in English, okay? If you don't think you sound great, you don't believe in yourself, even if you have excellent grammar and excellent vocab and sentence structures, you're just not going to sound perfect or lovely because you are doubting yourself and it's going to sound that, okay? So confidence is the first place we start and with me it's a totally safe space. When you come to my sessions, I want you to make every mistake possible with me so we can help you fix it, okay? There is no such thing as a judgment in my class and we just have a lot of fun and you'll usually find the time flies by and you've learned far more than any other average lesson you've ever tried before. But don't take my word for it, book a session and I can help you experience that totally Think for 30 minutes. Now, I think vowel sounds to words. Um, there are far fewer consonant clusters in Arabic. Okay, so the SP, the S P U T sound, the GRUT sound, the, grut, uh, the l- splut sound, okay, the SPL, and the STR sound, the STR sounds. They all contain sounds that are either not made in Arabic or are pronounced slightly differently. Okay, so English words like STRESS, SPLIT. Or grey result in huge errors. We hear this a lot, okay, and it can cause problems because if we're talking about work and being stressed at work, or perhaps a grey area, if we're not sure about some facts and figures, or perhaps I'm splitting up the marketing work, this can all cause some terrible confusions in meetings. So it's important we get these down. So stress, okay, actually becomes we hear this is stress, is stress, okay. We hear split becoming, it sounds a little bit like this, e split, okay? And grey becomes getre, 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 okay? So often native Arabic speakers of ESL um, have a habit of inserting vowel sounds performed between the consonant clusters, resulting in more syllables and very wild con- pronunciation errors as you can hear there, okay? Um, In a way, I think maybe students are trying to break the sounds up, okay, and make the spelling and pronunciation really work to what you know is your Arabic language rules. And when we look at the study of the consonant clusters together and the syllable patterns, it really does help you let go of this habit. It's not your fault. Um, It's like me, if I was learning to speak Arabic, I I would be doing things that quite frankly would feel very strange to me um, because of the, as we say, the sounds, okay? Some of us have just not been living and growing up in a country where some of these sounds even exist. So you can't do something that you don't know exists, if that makes sense. So you have to work with an expert coach like myself or many others out there who are fabulous um, to help you get this pronunciation fixed. Um, and to understand where you're putting the stresses okay so it's far more than just knowing vocab this is what i want to really emphasize to you if you're listening from any of these countries um, please 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 don't feel as though you know you're alone you're not and but the work that we do together does take a little bit more than say speakers from france and italy because we have to help you not just understand and get vocab and grammar and sentence structures but also the pronunciation we have to tackle these these previous uh, language rules that you've known from your native language and almost not dismantle them but give you a new set that you use with English because you can't very easily use your current rules and regulations with English it makes it sound totally wrong and very confusing um, intonation and word stress now let's talk about this a bit um, right when babies are learning um, if you think about it they, they don't come out with any previous language. Like, right? Okay, you know, um, and they react to the language before they even learn a single word. So they hear the intonation and the word stress. And that tells them what what our mood is, okay, and what's the most important part of all those sounds you're making at them. So proper intonation, word stress communicates as much information as words and in fact sometimes even more. I'm going to give you an example here. Now listen to this very carefully and see if you can tell just from the tone of my voice, what is the feeling and where the difference is. So I'm gonna say exactly the same words, but in a slightly different way. So, okay, the first one is this. Hi, can I help you? Okay, hi, can I help you? Okay, that's the first version, okay. Next one, hi, can I help you? Hear that? Hi, can I help you? Now, what was the difference? Because the words were exactly the same, the pauses were exactly the same, but the tone of my voice was very different from the first version to the last version. And if you spotted it correctly, you'll notice the first version sounded very friendly, like I really did want to help you. The sound and the tone of my voice matched the words by I was saying. The second version sounded rather frustrated, perhaps a little bit angry, a bit annoyed, okay. So it, it might have been that you'd interrupted me with the second one. Maybe you'd come into my office or something. I was busy working on a very important piece of work and you were making a lot of noise. And I was like, look, can I help you? And it's kind of like, could you leave? So the second, the second version with my tone of voice is actually conveying to you, I don't want to help you. And in fact, it's almost what we call a rhetorical question, which means that you're not expecting an answer to that question. It's more of a statement by the other person is that um, that they are annoyed. But you will often find native speakers do that. They won't tell you straight away, I'm annoyed because you stop making that noise and leave and come back later. Uh, It's very British as well to do that. Uh, Probably happens more with British speakers than not. But they will still be trying to be polite, but by signaling in a different way, very sort of passively there that you're irritating them and could you come back later. It will feel kind of like awkward, like you probably felt there that maybe this person isn't in a good mood and you should come back later. So that's an example of of intonation. And If you want to practice more of that with me, I am delighted to help you. I do lots of masterclasses on that. We have some great fun with that, but it really helps you deliver um, your speeches and presentations in a very um, dramatic and powerful way. Um, And this this goes for native speakers too. You're in a native speaker listening to this, you're equally welcome because I do confidence coaching, presentation and public speaking classes too. So please feel free to get in touch with me if you feel you want to improve or perhaps you're trying to do a TED talk or something like that as well. Okay. So yeah, we've got a problem with this because um, if we think about it, um, if you're a, a student from the Arab speaking countries, you tend to use a narrower, range of intonation and voice stress and it results in a quite a monotone way of speaking it's been like my asian students in china as well um so if you're listening in china as well i can help you too um you know this is something that can be taught it's not something you're stuck with and um, but you do need to be working with an expert coach like myself who's worked extensively now i, I mean hundreds of students around the world all different accents areas um i really do have a very privileged job i feel and to be able to learn from you all and help coach you and, and help you achieve your life goals. So thank you for that opportunity. But yeah, if you wanna work with me, I can absolutely help you. I don't think there's an accent I haven't come across and one we can't really try to smooth or just make slightly clearer for you. I don't believe that you should lose your accent. I often have students who come to me say so they want to get rid of their accent. I can, I can coach you to do that. That's not a problem, but I would question why, because your accent is what makes you you, it's the place you come from. And to me anyway, I don't know about you, the whole point of learning English is so that you can communicate to a wider range of people to share your culture and your background and your knowledge from your country, not to become and almost sound like you're British or American or Canadian, okay? So if we smooth out and get rid of that accent or even, you know, more so install a British accent, as I've had requests in the past and i do this for people who are actors or actresses you know voiceover artists of course you know it's really helpful for them to be able to do many accents so they get more work um but if we're talking about replacing your accent permanently um so that you can sound something i would just question why you want to do that because it's it's what makes you you and it you should be proud of your country where you're from your heritage um, I think that's really important. I don't personally feel like the mission here is to try and get everybody speaking English and all sounding like they're from the West. Um, I love I love humanity enough and I would like us all to retain our unique identities. I think there's far too much pressure to try and make us all one big kind of conglomerate. And that's a good word, all right? So um, certainly let's go back to this. If you are lacking in the voice stress or the monotone way of speaking, then I can help you. The questions usually sound like statements, that's the problem, okay? And completion signals are usually lacking too, so it makes everything feel and end rather inconclusively. Um, this can really confuse listeners because you're never quite sure if somebody's finished speaking or not, or is there more to come? Um, this could result in a meeting of somebody interrupting you, even though that's not what they're planning to do. Or vice versa, it could just leave people very confused and they just sit there silently, not knowing if this is now the end or not, which then makes you feel awkward because you feel like there's just something not quite right. And you wouldn't be too far wrong, it's because you aren't sending those signals at the end to make them feel like I finished speaking, now any questions, okay? So, in order to deal with that, um, the The easiest way for me to mention in this podcast, clearly the better way is to obviously have a session with me because I would prefer to do this in person with you. Do get that session. It's 30 minutes free of charge at ESLbusinessEnglishExperts.com. The links are down below as well. So simply try exaggerating the stress and the intonation. Okay, that's the best way you can do it. You may feel foolish, people will definitely understand you better and we can go through that in a in a session together what i what i do with all of my lovely students from the arabic speaking countries is we do masses of role play okay in my academy um i take you through so many different role plays it's fun it's creative it's always dynamic and it's never boring I, i've never had anybody yet say that they just hate the sessions because We want you to really practice and practice and practice this as much as you can. Um, And of course, you know, my Arabic speaking students do face many pronunciation problems. Um, Is you're working to improve your language uh, fluency, okay? Um, in English, there are many linguistic differences between Arabic and English. um, And these do affect how easily you can learn to form the English letter sounds, but it doesn't make it impossible, okay? And these pronunciation problems, I want to reassure you can absolutely be corrected. I can absolutely correct it, but you will struggle to do it on your own. I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, if you're on your own, okay, or you're you're equally, if you're training with another um, Arabic-speaking English teacher, because I know there are plenty out there, and I'm not knocking them. I have the utmost respect for anybody who's a teacher. It's a hard job. Uh, We work very long hours, and we do, if we're doing it for the right reasons, we're passionate about what we do. But here's the thing. Um, If you are relying on your native Arabic language rules for guidance, you're going to find it very hard to to correct yourself, okay? Those rules do not work with English. I cannot stress that enough, right? So you've almost got to forget those rules and come into class with a completely open mindset to learn new rules and to get this new skill going. And that can be hard to do if your teacher is also Arabic speaking. Okay? They can be highly educated, but they are going to be <laughs> repeating the same mistakes that you're there to try and fix. right? So both of you are going to be facing that similar thing, unless, of course, they have managed to eliminate it in themselves. So that's where my say, I'm not saying that this is a possible but do check that out if you are working with an Arabic-speaking teacher. Um, proper English pronunciation overall requires learning new sounds and new rules, and that is the challenge. Um, in addition, and I, you know, I've noticed this um, many times now. Um, when we look at the uh, language characteristics, English language learning is obviously really important in the United Arab Emirates. Um, clearly, you know, you're taking classes usually for primary school, and there's private schools, of course. Universities—they're using this as a language of disruption—and um, of course, it's a multinational country, right? You know, so it's essential for you to have these uh, language skills and to have them in an excellent way. Um, and you know, the mix of nationalities that are there uh, within the UAE is massive. Okay, so I think that you know, Emiratis probably represent about 10% of the population. The last check, and so this is a huge challenge for you because. When we think about it, you've got to be able to communicate at an effective and very professional level, okay? And you've got the challenges of the different alphabet in use because, of course, the writing starts from right to left. And, you know, when you look at it, I mean, when you first look at it, English might look backwards to you. Um, So you've got a lot of different challenges. So this makes the process of learning quite overwhelming for some students and um, in addition things like Arabic doesn't have upper and lower case letters so it's common to find you know that you're mixing up the big and small letters so again your writing skills need assistance too and again I can help you with that indeed actually you might find that my IELTS writing service would be helpful to you even if you're not taking IELTS simply because I'm going to be correcting all of the tasks that you do there and you will see exactly what's going on with your writing and help you challenge yourself to improve what you're doing there okay Um, You need to take more time to practice your writing and reading in class. And we can talk about this maybe in another podcast. The second challenge is obviously the different grammar. This makes English very confusing, all right? There are often two grammatical points that my Arabic speakers struggle with. So the one relating to the verb to be, okay, and the present perfect aspect. So the verb to be is not used as frequently in Arabic as in English, right? So it can be used when talking about the past. But it's not necessary when you're describing things in the present moment. So examples of such errors you hear is things such as he, he happy, he coming. Okay. So we miss out the years. He is happy. He is coming. Um, the present perfect confuses you a lot. If you're from these countries, and it's very common to hear even highly competent speakers of English using present perfect to talk about things that happen at a specific time in the past and things like I have seen him yesterday. Um, you know, the third challenge has to come with like things, also like English sounds that are difficult to pronounce, as you said. So we've already gone over those, um, and it is, it is just a battle. It is a battle, but not one that you can't win. I really want you know you to understand that with the right support, okay, you will be able to achieve such an efficiency in your English like never before. The great thing I love um, about my my speakers who are from Arabic speaking countries this that you have an absolute desire to like to to achieve this like yesterday okay um you're very keen to learn and improve and i love that i salute that wholeheartedly there is a slight challenge with that though because we often see that this desire to thrive quickly for results um, is sometimes causing impatience understandably you all want to master the language quickly But many of you get so frustrated at times because it is a process, there's no quick fix to language. If anybody promises you a hack and you can suddenly do it, then yeah, I would doubt very much what they're offering to do there for you. So you might give up too soon in pursuing your learning. Um, So really to counter that, I worked very hard to design highly interactive role plays, fun stuff that we do together, to keep that frustration at a bare minimum but you do have to be prepared to come and commit for a period of at least three to six months to see any difference at least one session one sixty minutes session a week three to six months if you can commit to that i can guarantee you you will see progress it is impossible not to and for many of you that can be a big challenge because it's like three to six months <laughs> that's going to take far too long but honestly and truly those three to six months if you stick at it are worth a lifetime of trying and stopping trying and stopping trying and stopping so it's up to you you can do it the easy way or the hard way okay but if you want to get there quicker three to six months commit to that once a week and you will be very pleased with the results okay so if this sounds interesting to you If this has struck a chord with you, and that's a great idiom, if this has resonated, lovely words here, right? Okay. if this has vibrated with you, has this touched you? Has it moved you? Has it made you feel like this sounds like me? Then you should get in touch with me. Okay. I absolutely guarantee I will help you. Um, I don't think I've had any students so far say that what we've done hasn't made a difference somewhere in their lives. And if, if that is the case, then please get in touch with me. I want to hear if you feel that what I've done with you has not helped you because I need the feedback as well ultimately speaking when we've worked together most people are delighted and i would like to delight you too so have a good think about it if you want to take me up the offer is always there it's 30 minutes free of charge on the zoom session just pop down to the links below and you can do that and i want to wish you all the very best okay keep going keep believing in yourself and see you soon. Hello everybody, and sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to mention a few things that can help you, alright? So I want to help as many of you as possible. You can get a free 30-minute check of your English level, your OET, IELTS, or any other things that you're trying to achieve here with me. If you're trying to pass your interviews, maybe you're attempting to get a job overseas, you would like to know how you're sounding and what a native speaker really would say, about your responses in an interview or an IELTS or OET test, for example, and check out that at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. If you're looking more for career and immigration coaching and would like to discuss your plans and you can